Welcome to the After Later podcast. I'm your host, John Wessling. We'll be joining my co-host, uh, Tommy Drake, and our, and our guest today uh, shortly in an interview that is already in progress. <laughs> but I thought I'd take this chance to say uh, thanks again to all of you who are uh, who have been listening, especially to the, the the renaissance of After Later with the addition of my buddy Tommy Drake as a co-host. Um, we've had lots and lots of uh, uh, new listeners come thanks to uh, Open Kimono, our special uh, edition that we did with Tommy's older brother Dan, who is uh, Lieutenant Commander Dan Drake, aka Dice Man. If you're nasty, uh, the episode that we did with him, where he relays his two personal uh, experiences with UFOs while flying helicopters for the U.S. Navy, uh, as well as given his uh, uh, take on the the famous 40-foot Tic Tacs, uh, it's been great. Uh, the response has been great, and we just recorded more with Dan. So I just want to let you know before we jump in today's episode that coming up uh, in the next week and uh, probably the next following week, we'll have one additional, possibly two additional uh, open kimono episodes with Lieutenant Commander Dan Drake. So uh, that'll be really, really cool. So thank you uh, to those of you who are maybe new to the podcast because you're fans of Tommy's, fans of Dan's. And uh, please follow us on uh, Twitter. That's the best way to reach the podcast directly on Twitter. It's at A-F-T-E-R-L, the number eight, the letter E-R. And Tommy, if you know Tommy, Tommy is uh, social media challenged. I'll put it uh, nicely. Still uses an old-fashioned flip phone. He's not on Twitter, doesn't have an Instagram. He's on Facebook, checks it barely. So uh, hit us up on Twitter, and, and, and I'll pass on the notes to Tommy to tell him that he needs to get a goddamn smartphone and needs to get on Twitter. Especially, he needs to get on Anchor so that uh, he can do these intros and stuff like that for for the episodes. Also, what I uh, promote upcoming guests, we're going to have uh, Brian Mallow, the science comic. We've known Brian for a long time. Uh, very, very smart guy and super tied in with the science community. So, uh, he is currently vacationing in Amsterdam, uh, squeegeeing his third eye. But whenever he comes back down to Earth, or at least an altitude with which we can establish a signal, uh, we'll have Brian Mallow on the show. And as always, uh, our goal here on After Later is to bring you interesting and unique people. They don't all have to be comics. They don't all have to be, uh, you know, famous people or whatnot. Uh, if you know someone or you are someone who is interesting and unique and you think you can have a fun hour conversation with us, hit us up on Twitter at A-F-T-E-R-L, the number eight, the letter E-R. All right. Uh, now I'm going to go ahead and uh, we're going to join this interview, which is already going on. Uh, I really got to commend Tommy. Uh, first off, it's been fun to do this podcast straight up with my best friend, uh, my brother in comedy. Uh, at, at, well, my wife and kids say my husband, uh, Tommy, but he's doing so good. He's, he's practicing and working so hard on his on his uh, uh, broadcaster skills, you know, his interview skills. Uh, so I think it's just adorable. So, so I'll let him introduce uh, our guest, uh, Michael Como. Oh, oh, shit! I already said it. Yeah, his name's Michael Como. I met this guy when I was working on uh, the Monster Closet film, Dickhead. <laughs> we say as my kids run around. Uh, uh, amazing dude, uh, Bigfoot enthusiast. Well, well, we'll talk all about it in the next hour. Okay, so uh, we'll now uh, uh, join the interview and uh, marvel at Tommy's hosting skills. They're, they're adorable. Welcome again to the uh, After Later podcast. Uh, I would like to introduce the creator, the original host, 
of After Later, John Wessling. John, it's so nice to see you and hear you tonight. Thank you very much, uh, Tommy. It's a treat to be on our podcast uh, again. Uh, having a great time doing it. I feel like we're really expanding our uh, minds and horizons, dude. You know, like we don't yes. just talk about regular boring stuff, you know, and we, we challenge ourselves. Be, tonight is going to be a departure and I'm so excited. Let me introduce our guest. Uh, he's an artist and a writer and he's also a, a, a humorist. And, and tonight he has agreed to be a bit of a future thinker with us. Nice. Uh, but I, I'm so excited to talk about him. Uh, welcome to After Later, Michael Como. Thank you. Uh, Pleasure Mike, to be thanks, for, thanks for doing this with us. I appreciate it. Thanks for the nice introduction. Not airing out any of the bad stuff. <laughs> well, you have a you have a long list of things. What do you tell people when they ask what you do uh, for a living? Do you just say I'm an artist? Still working on that one. I, Still working on that. I make one. a comic book. I make a comic book. I, if I had to describe myself, I'd say I'm not a failed writer because I. I'm just an underachieving writer. Hmm. Uh, right, right. Well, right. you are on the perfect podcast for underachieving writers. Let me tell you. <laughs> you have stumbled upon our brand. Yes. Uh, first off, it sounds like you two are communicating via ham radio. And I like the, the response time between the two. Uh, there's no such thing as a failed writer because you don't know until well after you die. There's people who are like the legends now they just wrote their shit buried it in a box and now they're taught in high school but they never knew that they were a success so yeah there's no such thing as a failed writer just make sure you save right you always have to save have backups <laughs> telling yourself that someday someone will find it right especially you know if you think you're saving shit in the cloud yourself. you're feeding the machine oh so, yeah <laughs> uh michael the truth is john and i need endings for our screenplay that's why we have you yeah that's true <laughs> well that's we, interesting we fall apart in act three we, we, we no, prefer to go. move on to a new project at the end of act two <laughs> let's go right to your most recent exciting finished uh, uh project uh monomania cool title thank you word very cool artwork that john you will get emailed to you shortly oh i've seen some of the 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 uh Oh, is it episodes? What do you call it? Issues? Issues. Um, issues of Monomania. I don't, I'm sorry, I didn't know my comic lingo, but a different kind of comic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's super, super cool. And Thanks. Michael, we're on, are we on issue number four now of Monomania? We have all of it written. Oh, cool. We, we have the first story arc written, and it would probably be, we could probably push it to eight, but we're going to try to condense it because we're self-funded, <laughs> and that's never fun. But we have three, two more story arcs behind that that would again produce another six to eight issues. We're just, we don't know the reality of getting to them. It's a tight industry. I got a question. When you're self producing a comic book, what is the most expensive color? Right? Like if you're going to draw an expensive <laughs> panel, like, you know how it is with filming and nothing in the rain, man. You know how expensive it is to film shit in the rain. <laughs> You know, so like if you're trying to draw a, a DIY indie comic strip, like, whoa, yeah, we keep our sets down here. Okay. Not a lot of exploding cars. We think you are the Avengers. You can't, we, we don't have destroy New York money here. That's a good like, question, Michael. Do you have, I mean, will you take color out of certain pages to save money? Like black and like toner pages? No, no. We, we run ash cans. Are y'all familiar with what an ash can is? 
not at all. I was yeah. not too familiar with it up until about three, four years ago when we were going to festivals, not comic cons, festivals. It could be like a zine fest or something of that nature sure. where it's more indie publisher and we didn't have any more prints. So we started printing what's called an ash can. And I guess it's like if you were to take a, a sheet of paper and fold it in half, staple it down on that spine, and that's your ash can size. Typically, it's the size of a zine. Okay. And you're just running you're just running a straight black and white white print. Oh, so wow. uh, the co-creator Joey, I call him Joey, Joseph Graham, and John was in, just in one of his movies. Great person, Joey Graham. He'll be on a future episode of after later, I'm sure. We're talking about future. Like mm-hmm. um, he uh, <laughs> we we he would come over and we it took us forever just to figure out how to get it to print on the correct side. We, we, we printed so many that one page was the wrong way. It was, we're not the smartest. Uh, we figured it out. So in that sense, we would definitely cut color and just run quick prints. But our, our printer works with us a lot because I'm a pain in the ass. And I make, I make sure they do. Mike, tell us, tell us what monomania is about. Monomania is, your, is someone's obsession with one thing. We have in our story two water conservationists and they really are obsessed with people learning to reduce their uses usage of water but they're idiots so they don't know how to go about anything one guy the conservationist is what his name is daryl he just randomly turns into a viking when he gets angry okay seeing people waste water makes him angry he starts just all of a sudden turning into a seemingly Viking type character. And he does not know why. He does not know why this happens to him. His friend, we call it, we called him goon, but he was, cause he's a goon type of figure, but there's already a comic book that we love called the goon. So we just took the N off and we call him goo. Um, doesn't make any sense. He That's is how Greek. the Chinese steal our stuff. They just take a letter <laughs> off. Or turn it upside down. Why is that an upside down N? Yeah. What is that? It's usually in code, though, so it makes it real dangerous. <laughs> we'll have to get your brother to decode some of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, but they, they go pretty much what in this story arc, what occurs is there is an oil tycoon who realizes there's money to be made in water. So he transitions from making his money stealing people's oil to going and trying to steal people's water. And he comes to the same municipality he tries to take over the same municipal area that these two idiots live in so they're doing their meetup group or whatever handing out flyers about not flushing too many times and they get tied up trying to take down this bad guy well you know uh michael this is so cool because i was talking to you before we started officially talking and talking about how john and i uh, speculate about the future what you're writing about is a very realistic future. There's a, there's a good chance. Well, there's a good chance that the using oil as currency will shift to using things like water or electric batteries as currency. So I think your your story is a possible future, at least the economics of it. So I think that's a cool sort of after later loop in. Thank you. Uh, and and I like that in the future you could turn into a Viking when you're pissed off. Well, there's more to it than that. He finds <laughs> out it in real the second story arc. Okay. It happens. Yeah. No, it's not like Battery Man, which was a book I never finished writing. 
Uh, please was, tell was, me was in, like the, in the story arc, uh, somewhere in the future, uh, you explain the mystery of this character turning into a Viking. Is that in there or will that always be a mystery? That's it. it it's not a mystery to me and Joey. Okay. Oh, okay. I, I like the way like, we know why he does. We it would be in probably issue twelve. Okay. Well, you know what? I say push it back farther, right? Because it'd be an issue twenty four. If this thing becomes popular, then that becomes a great dead man switch. Okay. <laughs> and then you and Joey can be the only ones who know, and then you're guaranteed that if the show's popular <laughs> enough, they'll keep you alive. For the Will big, they? Who? Yeah, I think so. I think it'll it'll buy you a couple of years, and if you. <laughs> more than anyone else can. I'll take what I can get. I'll take what I can yeah. get. Oh, there's also a monkey. There's also a monkey that was that they free along the way from a from laboratory testing. Okay. So it right. introduces a, a second version of monomania, the activism sense. But the monkey is the one who is anti-animal testing. He's pro-animal rights. Sure. They're not. Right. And they're learning to be into his activism where he's learned to be into theirs. So they give him a sword. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> you know, that's a, it's almost like a Canadian parliament lesson. You know, you have to learn <laughs> consensus building and going along with people that you don't agree with on everything. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hey, a lot of most stuff we dig, we don't like how you want to kill people and <laughs> we, we still want to eat animals. So we'll disagree on that. We'll put a pin in that. We'll put a pin in that. But for now, you grab that sword, you help us kill these crazy dragon motherfuckers over here. <laughs> well, that's, that's another, you know, and that's another very possible future you're talking about is the uh, the animal rights movement uh, that may happen eventually on this planet. So, well, thanks for picking up on the the idea that I'm probably into conspiracy. Uh, well, we already knew. we already knew. <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you. Here's how I knew uh, Michael, and here's how we uh, came to know each other. Uh, we worked on the the film together. You, uh, I was uh, an idiot named Glenn who stabs himself in the eye with a tanto sword, and uh, you had to do the the eye makeup, right? So you I, you're originally in in my in my timeline. You, oh, this is the uh, special effects artist. Michael Como. I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. And then you're like, I also painted those Bigfoots on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, and I'm the guy who wrote the rap and recorded it that we're about to use in this movie. And I was like, holy shit, you're the fucking, you're the wizard behind the curtain the whole fucking time. <laughs> I they wouldn't in, cast me as the wizard. Uh, yeah, I was, yeah, how rude is that? So right? I, my, my mind was blown. My mind was blown because I've been looking at that Bigfoot art, art that was on the wall. Mind you, <laughs> we're in a, a two-bedroom apartment filming this movie in the height of COVID for you know, a good month and a half, maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe about five weeks. Uh, so every day we're all jammed in a small little spot and there's these five or six, I think, Bigfoot paintings on the wall and it was Bigfoot's in different uh, scenarios, not like just the stereotypical, oh, look, one in the woods and it's a pretty picture of the woods or the scary face. But he, it's a bit of an action story. Um, so before, I don't know if these are now available as NFTs, if you have, uh, have these on the auction market, uh, but could you talk about this very important art <laughs> series? of uh bigfoot i don't know it looks like was he in the a-team or something michael I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm sorry uh i hope i hope you're okay i know john just jumped right into that and <laughs> this is this is a little emotional for you actually let's go back uh the pandemic started and before the pandemic you were hiding 
a big part I of was. Who you... I was. I was. Oh, I'm sorry. People... I didn't know that was a nerve. My See, bad. I not a, not a nerve, John. You, you want to know something interesting? Is uh, Michael? Michael's you, coming out tonight. You have seen these coming out story paintings. Oh, wow. You have you have you have seen these paintings. Most people haven't. I have started an Instagram account when COVID started. I don't know sometime, mm-hmm. and I started talking more about how hey everybody guess what i'm i'm always reading about bigfoot (laughs) no nobody ever knew this side of me some people did joey did because he knows the bigfoot movie i wrote a long time ago right but he these but hey we've all you've seen me we've all experimented with bigfoot in college (laughs) (laughs) i should have finished college but you know you've carried on into your you know, twenties and thirties. It's worth a discussion. <laughs> the uh, the I see so you've ha- ha- I have not done the big reveal yet on these. Okay, you now have seen them living, though. You're living as your true self now, though. You you are you are out and happy to tell people that you are following Bigfoot, and you were creating these images of Bigfoot that John has described. And so the what, one, what was the first one that you did? What was the one that started all this? So. <clears throat> I have another group. It's called Trash Kings. We are on Instagram. You can find us. If you find us, try to follow us. We probably won't let you. We're a very closed group. Right. And we just watch uh, y'all. We lay out. That's a, that's a solid uh, promotional uh, strategy. <laughs> yeah. I follow it as well. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> we're killing um, it over here. <laughs> we watch. You know really, I'm not, really... not going to sell you any of my comedy albums online. Don't even try to buy them. <laughs> don't even try. Don't even try. Don't even try. They're not available. Sorry. Crypto they are, only. They're easier to get free. <laughs> the um, the the paintings came. We we watch these movies. They're terrible movies, but they're also lovable movies. They're action movies, typically eighties, and we watch them. Uh, pop, preferably C grade movies. Right. And we'll just watch them and we'll live stream. And one day they look over and they're like, "What are you doing?" And I'm pretty ADD, so I'm multitasking. And I said, "Oh, I'm painting." Yeah. <laughs> they said, "Well, what are you painting?" I said, well, "Just let's, you know, we'll keep our conversation going. Uh, if if it turns out, I'll show you." And at the end, I turned it around. Do you, John, do you remember the one where there's the woods? Yeah. And Bigfoot is like barely there. He's in the the mist. Yes. And there's actually two other Bigfoots in there. Just you can barely see them. And that painting is called "We Are Interdimensional." Ooh. And that's there. A reveal, reveal to the character who I've yet to really discuss, but it's coming. It's coming. And there's right now. I don't even know how many paintings I have in this series, but it's quite a few. John's seen probably how many do you think you saw? I, was, I think it was five. I think it was like three on the bottom and two on top. Or which like ones? That. Well, there was the one with the uh, on the beach. There's a helicopter accident. Oh. Standing yeah. on top of a biplane, giving the finger. They are like terrible. Oh, I don't say that. Don't say that. No, I mean, the Bigfoots are terrible at flying these vehicles. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. I'm glad someone pointed that out. That's, I don't think <laughs> they, it's they enough. They crashed. Hey, there's a the, lot of pedals involved in helicopter flying. But they're not built for their size. It, yeah. it was the 60s. Well, hold crazy. on. Uh, Mike, to, to, so I, I get it. I And I appreciate it. And I, I champion your, your, um, Bigfoot as a muse for you. Um, You're playing into our hands when you say Bigfoot is interdimensional, by the way. That's what John and I love to talk about. 
what sparks our interest is is that you seem to have naturally herbally uh organically came to or are coming close to what we think is the unified theory of of uh of bigfoot's existence the, the unified theory yes yeah. yeah yeah we're gonna we're gonna call it that we're gonna call it the unified theory. i love that it, it sounds but, cool it sounds cool i don't know what the actual criteria are for something to be considered unified officially but uh we're, we'll go with it till someone f- challenges it. well i think i support uh, it it sounds like something i'm behind Thank you. You're behind it. You're supporting it. Well, let's, let's go. Let's go yeah, here I, with this. With this, Michael. Let's start here on uh, the unified theory. Uh, you're creative. You create uh, uh, comic books. You create a whole other world. You create very real characters, and sometimes those characters come to life themselves. Right? When you uh, right when you start when it, when you start painting painting Bigfoot and people recognize it as Bigfoot and and people talk about it, you create more images of it can just enough people believing in it make it exist bring it into existence does it become a real thing when enough people believe in it a tulpa yeah yeah that's yes 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 so that's slender man right 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 things same concept there created in the consciousness and then people start seeing it right oh so a, a like fresh made boogeyman well, yeah, yeah, you know, it's the, it's the idea that uh, that uh, maybe there there used to be no God, but enough people believed in God that there's now something that exists that's sort of a functional God, you know? So much so that there became a war in heaven. Exactly. That's wild. That is crazy. So that is, if you're thinking that we are a fully interdimensional alternate reality existence, where just realities are shooting off in every direction off of every movement and thought and decision that you make, or is it more organized where there's like 14 of them? Michael Como's getting inspired by the next reality over. It has to exist somewhere. That's why it ends up in his comic book or on his canvas. That's what I'm trying to say. Or how he can, like people, how people see the same things in dreams is that it's because that's a channel on a interdimensional cable reality right next to ours or something like that. That's uh, that's yeah, interesting. You know, where does your inspiration come from, Michael? Do you do you uh, wake up with an image of of Bigfoot uh, and a helicopter crash? How does it- I I I I when and when I was in high school and I would write things on notepads, just or or napkins, anything I could find, and I could never actually put together, put pen to paper, and write something and complete it. But I could write down thoughts all the time. Is when I realized I want to be a writer. I just couldn't spell. <laughs> the 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 truth is. I thought back then that, and this is before the internet. I mean, the internet existed, but it's not like it is today. It, it I used to think that I was tapping into something because I wouldn't sit there and be like, hmm, let's brainstorm. What am I going to come up with? It would just hit my head. I'd be walking and doing something, and all of a sudden I'd be like, wow, I got a great scene idea. Back then I wouldn't think in full movie or full story. Now it's even weirder because I'll be walking my dog and I'll have two full movie ideas hit my head beginning middle and end and then i feel life laughing at me like he's not gonna do it he can't do it i gave it gave him too many ideas he's not gonna know where to go go with these and they're right a lot of times i just pile up ideas and that's 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 one of my biggest writing problems so i don't know it does seem like i tap into this maybe it is in another dimension 
um, uh, Ter Terry Pratchett and Stephen Baxter wrote a series called The Long Earth. And it's, uh, it's people realize that they can jump over to the next, uh, the next reality that's, uh, that's just like this one, except perhaps evolution went a little different. So the next earth over <laughs> Birds uh, are doesn't, bigger. yeah, it doesn't have, doesn't have humans on it, you know, but it has, uh, you know, evolved lizards, you know, and then the next earth over has no evolved animals, you know, so people are camping out there. Um, so the I, the idea is that that Bigfoot exists in an adjacent reality, or or perhaps uh, exists right next to us on another frequency, in another dimension, uh, which is why they uh, they pop in and sort of pop out. Why people see them yeah. see them disappear, and it's a bit of the inspiration for your first your first image, your first painting. Uh, is that uh, is that conceivable? Conceivable, Michael? Do you think that uh, that maybe there are interdimensional beings that are popping in and we catch a glimpse of them, or do you think that that's still all uh, fantasy and science fiction? Yeah, fuck it, I believe it. Um, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Nice. The, I'm in. The, yeah, I'm in. Like, come in. I I think Sasquatch exists in many facets. Uh, the Tulpa is an interesting one that I hadn't. I I actually posted about that on one of my early Instagram posts for okay. Apocalypse Howl, but I never followed it up. I never like saw, like I never sought out, do people really think this? But yeah, that is an interesting one. The interdimensional one, the, the more I've researched, the more people are talk are starting to talk about how Bigfoot encounters are also incorporating telepathy. Mind speak mm -hmm. is what they'll call it. And a lot of these, what's interesting is you've got three different types of encounters. Now, I mean, you got a bunch, but from my perspective, listening to people's stories, you've got the people who saw something and are too overzealous to tell you. They want to tell you what they saw. I don't know that I believe that. Mm -hmm. they, they seem like they're full of it. Then you've got the ones that they, they'll tell you because they're also telling you why they don't want to go back into the woods. Right. Those to me seem very believable. And then, <laughs> and then you've got the ones that are like, I don't want to tell you because you're going to think I'm crazy. Right. He was, he was talking to me through my skull. Yeah. And and then he spits out some skull. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, just, I've read, there's I've read a lot of those the, stories. The telepathy with these encounters and uh, uh, similar telepathy with uh, with uh, typical alien encounters. You know, they say that you know that the alien was talking to me. The mouth wasn't moving. I was getting information in my head. And and you hear that with the Bigfoot encounters. You also hear about a, a, a horrible smell. Yeah. Uh, okay. Thank uh, you. Thank you for. <laughs> there's there's a couple <laughs> things about Bigfoot, uh, and, and why they are a cryptozoological creature and not an actual, uh, you know, in museums or zoos for that matter. <laughs> you don't find remains of Bigfoot. They whatever they're doing, they handle their dead. They dispose of their dead in a way that removes all scientific trait or uh, trace hair is so hard to come by and it's so often moose that somehow they're taking care of their their hairs i can't, um, i can't take two steps in my house without leaving hair everywhere if they are yes and if they are a humanoid and at the average 10 to 12 foot height 
they should be creating at least two gallons of urine every day. <laughs> wow. wow. There should be, well, cause they could do those DNA tests in rivers now to, to see what the, what animals live in the area where the runoff of there their, their urine of goes. You are correct. There should be a trace of DNA. in the. Water. Yeah. They should be able to find some random shit that they don't know what it is and, and, you know, build it back from that way. So th- all that stuff is gone. So, I don't know if they're popping in, are they either popping in here to shit and then leave <laughs> and we just write it off as animal shit? Well, here's, or, or do they take their shit with them? Are they <laughs> maybe possible that way? Uh, they always have baggies. <laughs> um, here, here's what I think is interesting about that. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe they are interdimensional. Maybe as soon as the hair falls off, it goes back to their home dimension. Maybe they, Maybe they can't leave anything, but weirdly, they leave footprints. They do. And uh, uh, as a special effects guy, Michael, uh, I'm sure whenever you see something like that, your first thought is, could I fake that? Oh, yeah. Uh, When I was a kid, where I grew up, there weren't a lot of Bigfoot sightings. If there were, I would have been in the forest creating fake footprints. I'm that, I'm that kind of kid. That's what we did, you know. We, wow. in, you know, instead we, you know, we uh, we would repaint the uh, the letters on the halls of the school. But we were we were pranksters, you know. <laughs> As a special effects artist, could you convincingly create a, a fake footprint? Uh, yeah. And have you seen any that you think uh, must be real with your knowledge? yes yeah i mean anything can be faked anything can be faked the humans are very uh tricky as far as the way we think so we could definitely put together plus i mean just look at like someone like stan winston tell me that guy hollywood legend monsters couldn't fake a bigfoot print i mean there's there's some main basic things that people are looking for in bigfoot footprints and uh, they're, they're, they're pretty basic. They're looking for the, the dermal ridges. So think like your epidermis, derm. I don't know what that root comes from. I don't, I'm not uh, a scientist. Yeah, it's uh, Greek but for der- skin, I think. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you. So dermal, dermal ridges, like fingerprints, but on your feet, um, they, they're looking for those in the footprints. So how hard would it be to stamp yours in that? Um, sure. m- the mid-tarsal uh, break. People look for that. Right. That's an interesting one because there's different. The, if you look up the more famous, the more popular castings that you can buy, like the Patterson Gremlin or Gimlin, how I say Gremlin. Um, <laughs> if you if you look up the ones that you can buy, right, re- remakes of, uh, they they all have slight variations. Like the Patterson one is a very flat foot. I personally don't see any mid tarsal break, but the mid tarsal break, if y'all don't know, which y'all probably do, because y'all seem smarter than me, it, it's, it's like that, the big corn bend in the big toe. No, it's 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 in the it's kind of like right if you were to like look down at your ankle when you roll your ankle, it's more around in that area oh. um, where an ape would almost do hand like things with his foot. Oh, I see. Not not on the toes, but on the foot, and it's that it's that bend at your foot. Uh, it's very hard to explain for me, um, but it's 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 almost like your foot just keeps bending, like you could reach your foot around some. It's where the, the mid torso break when they're when. What? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I think I know what you're talking about. Oh, foot. like yeah, like whenever they push off, they have more curvature to the way their foot could push. 
when they when they jump onto a limb they have more their foot can like kind of go around that limb better than ours could they it continues to bend so they're looking for that um another thing they're looking for if you're going to do more than one footprint they're looking for the gate sure is it bigger than a human and actually it might be as big as a big human well, yeah, you know, John just had a, 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 we're taping this at night and John just had another assignment. He was watching professional basketball and a lot of big, a lot of big humans, you know, and I hear about this Bigfoot casting of a 15 inch foot and I have a 12 inch foot, Damn. you know, and that's, and that, you know, and I'm not, I'm a big guy, but I'm not that big a guy, but these, these Bigfoot foot castings are much wider than say, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, professional basketball players footprint that's true that's true uh they've found them as wide as eight inches wow wow that's that's, like two dicks (laughs) (laughs) two dicks across (laughs) (laughs) have you ever seen any any evidence yourself well ever seen anything that that makes you think wow this guy that i'm painting is really out there i uh i have my own casting you have your own casting i found my own casting this is this is oh, i found my own print wow it's beautiful that's beautiful but it, it's not it's one footprint uh it's one footprint um and like he just like, it- tried to get off a of pegasus and then went nah and got back up <laughs> it must have uh, yeah, i'm just not way. that good at looking <laughs> But he, uh, he was doing the Heisman Trophy pose. <laughs> just for a second, it's just the one. Because he came the out into a clearing kick. all of a sudden. He's like, oh, shit. They can see me. Turn around. But um, if Mike sends us, uh, do you have a photo? I'll tell you what. I just, John, I just sent it to you. I, I, the contact I have for you is through Instagram. Okay, uh, I just cool. sent you. Can you describe? Uh, can you, are you able to? Yeah, I'll bring it up right access now. Access that? Kind of describe it. It's a one foot print. One foot. This is, this is going to be fun. All right, here you go. Oh, this is going to be cool. Okay, I'm looking at it. Wow, okay. That looks... Huh. Yeah, it's almost shaped, uh, like, I, a, it's almost shaped like a maxi pad. No, no, no. no, with, a bit no, of a no, ga- no. with a bit of a gator bite to it. Yeah, yeah. I don't... Is it... I do field research. Yeah, I see the field in it. <laughs> I see it. I see, yeah. Okay. So you think that's a left foot or a right foot? I know it. I know it's one foot. Yeah, that adds up. And that's on the small side. Yeah. And that's on the small side. Oh, that's a dick. I don't know. Did he fall down? I think he fell down. Yeah, I don't think that's a. I don't think that's a. I get what you're saying now. I don't think it's. Is it's his foot. foot? Yeah, that's one definitely. Foot. That's only one. <laughs> All right. Well, their their physiology is very similar to ours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, sure. I can sure. see why people wouldn't report the sighting. What's <laughs> <laughs> um, something? Uh, so, Michael, Michael, here's here's my question. Do I'm on a think... watch list now for opening. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I solicited it. Do you think one day in the future we will uh, we'll we'll get ourselves a, a live Bigfoot to interact with, or we'll get ourselves some solid evidence that there's? I hope not. You hope oh, not. You oh, hope you're run I mean, Bigfoot look, run team. 
Yeah, well, I'm on. You know, it's, uh, faith is sometimes more powerful than proof, right? So uh, maybe Ooh, he's a more powerful character if if people have to believe without the evidence. I think we would just do it what we do to other animals. And I mean, yeah. what do we do with other gorillas? Like they big yeah, Bigfoot Bigfoot has been found, and I, I try to explain this to people, and people don't get it. But Bigfoot has they there were legends. And I believe it was Germany, and uh, this is like a hundred years ago. And there's like this is like a hundred years ago. There were legends of these Bigfoot type creatures, these these Sasquatch type creatures, and they were their Bigfoot legends. Well, they about I forget what year it was. I could look it up, but they found what is now known as mountain gorillas. Oh wow! Okay, so I we found a species that they were misidentifying, and so it's like. That the bonobos was another scenario where there were let there was folklore yeah. of these things, and yeah. that's that in a lot of cases could be what we're dealing with. The more <laughs> we find, the more we throw into our little prison system called zoos. I uh, I gotta tell you, if I look in, I like to put myself in people's position and imagine how I would feel about it. And I'm thinking about if I'm one of those tribes people that have been making a big deal for just generations about this giant mountain creature you know and then all of a sudden oh look look we caught him it's a it's a it's a bonobo they're adorable (laughs) they they, they love dates i'd be like oh man well i feel stupid i I swear i i was told it was bigger i thought i I maybe i thought it was farther away it was closer obviously not Uh, as large Wow, I, I really feel like a bitch here, you guys. Thanks for showing me up. Fucking no, we must have faith that there is a larger creature out there that is farther more frightening than a simple bonobo. If we could ride a horse, yeah, that'd be terrifying. Like, like if it, when I watch Planet of the Apes, it's really hard for me to not be on their side. Oh yeah, oh yeah, especially the newer ones. The newer ones are yeah. pretty damn good movies, and the especially the one with uh woody harrelson in it what the oh, twist oh. The, the twist in that one was fucked up oh, so yeah yeah, yeah I, I it's I, I root for the monkey i root for the asteroid i hate to say that but... <laughs> i root for the asteroid. i love an underdog you know <laughs> it's hard to get Woody harrelson's actually in, in he's in the bigfoot movie i wrote i mean he's not in it because i never made it but i he's also in, it in your heart able... in my heart yeah when i read it i'm seeing him him and michael pinya Oh, nice. Oh, he, he, yeah. He's, he, that guy's in everything. That guy works. That guy's steady works. <laughs> that guy works. Well, he's, well, good. Tom, he's good. Tommy, I don't know how to do this other than to just do it. Should I just blurt out my theory, my unified Bigfoot theory to my? Yeah, I would. Just... I would love to. I would love to go there. I would love to hear your unified Bigfoot theory. I would also like uh, Mike to briefly tell us what he knows about if if there's a difference between a Sasquatch. And a Yeti and a Bigfoot oh, and a chunk ape. I love that Florida has their own Bigfoot. That it's not <laughs> no. that even other Bigfoots are like, yeah, he, I don't he, he bleaches his he Bigfoot, Bigfoot bleaches his tips. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but then I want John, I want to hear your unified theory. I want to hear and I, I, I hope that includes whether or not these are all the same creature or whether we're dealing with different things in different parts of the world. I think it's very specific to what is known as the Bigfoot Yeti phenomenon uh, okay. on Earth, right? Uh, all right, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it because, Tommy, a little bit of it is based off of our conversations, our hours of detailed, uh, lengthy uh, THC-induced conversations on this topic. 
but I'm just going to flat out say it. I believe that what we see as Bigfoot are interdimensional blue collar workers who are operating on a ginormous Dyson sphere around a star and that they are genetically engineered based off of humans and they work on our star 10 to 50,000 or a million years in the future, building the energy generator around our star and that they can control time and, and uh, um, dimensions accurately enough that whenever these guys get done with a, let's call it a 20 hour shift. I don't know how long they work or, <laughs> or what time is at this point, but whenever they need recreation, they just shoot them into all of a sudden rural Oregon where there's the least number of people around <laughs> and, and they just bask in a stream for 15 minutes, eat a fish, take a curly shit and then stretch, run around a little bit. And then shoop, they beam them right back up to fucking work where they're welding this giant thing in space. Like, a, like a, they're like, a, they, they're basically a Wookiee. I mean, often fiction tells us the truth, right? And oh, yeah. That's, that's how they program uh, reality so that you're prepared for it whenever they uh, show it to you, right? So, uh, yeah, it's like a Wookiee. There's a, a highly trained, you know, communicates differently, that's that type of animal, and they just beam over here to sh shit, shower, and shave. It's like they come here for main cabin masters, and they've found a ways to find it where they're in the least. <laughs> and they have, like, a panic button. When someone runs up on them, they're like, fuck, and they disappear through a bush. And that way, you know, when, we, when we find their scat, uh biologically it's still ours right so like right oh, it's they're, test, they're test for humans right and so so their hair would still be ours and then you know mm -hmm. they've just been genetically modified to I, I i love the idea that future beings would vacation here for a few minutes because our woods you know yeah, our, we got a our, lot of fresh our, air our mountains are probably something that don't exist in the future and it's such a treat to be in the middle of that right or if you've been hopping from cold rock to cold rock for about 150 million light years, you finally get to a place that's lush and warm. <laughs> you know, so, imagine how we, I mean, we love Hawaii. We love Bali. Imagine if you've fucking been in the moon for eons. It's even nicer. What, what are they building this around? Like around. Oh, they're the, building a Dyson sphere around the sun. That's that's around the, the sun. Around yeah. the that's sun. their future job. Or any the star. Generations. They were bred for it, right? Hmm. Um. Now I think here's here's my question for you, Mike, and it's along the same lines of where or where where John is talking. Uh, and here's another suggestion on what on what Bigfoot can be. If you're if you were uh, some. Uh, interdimensional or even inner just uh just a traveler through the galaxy and uh you were able to travel with your energy and your spirit you're able to travel uh you know just as a little beam of light but what if you were going to visit a planet you could create sort of a, a meat suit that fit that planet is would bigfoot be the idea of meat suit for a visitor to earth i it, think so it, it kind of would be right if you're going to live in the woods? Well, if you really wanted to check out the sites and stay away from the dominant species that's going to kill you, 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 you come down as this, you know, the, the meat suit that you borrow is this, this sort of big, giant, strong ape character, and then you get to enjoy the woods and inspect the water and that sort of thing. Good point. Safe from elements, you're not going to freeze. Would he, would he have been 
genetically engineered the the meat suits genetically engineered by somebody by something yes oh what, yeah you know it, would uh, they have it's, it's long run you get a sample of dna from the planet and then you create some uh some big powerful thing that you can run around in for a few minutes but what if you were in their position what on our planet would you mix together Oh, you know, I would want to be—I would want to be a shark or a dolphin for a little while. Something in the ocean, I think, would be interesting. Mm-hmm. It would be badass. You know what? I, what's overlooked because everyone loves sharks. Sharks kind of fucking steal the thunder of the ocean, right? Right. Uh, like a big badass fucking fifteen hundred pound tuna. Those things move <laughs> like a race car. <laughs> I mean, they haul ass like a fucking F one car, dude. So John, would, that's. That's your screenplay right there. It's it's a car racing movie, but with tuna. With fucking fish? Oh. I like to think of it as like a it's like an old school video game. You know, you got four or five characters you can choose for your little visit to Earth, you know. I think I'm gonna do this one as the as the big tuna this time, just (laughs) the big katuna. Well, if you you know, I'm glad you bring that up, Mike, about alternate uh, uh, meat suits, because think about other unexplained creature phenomena that could be similar things like a Loch Ness monster could be just a fucking Yahoo crew that likes to beam in ultra dimensionally in this weird ass, you know, dinosaur meat suit and just flash around. They got some pictures, leave bye, and they take off. You know, John, John has a good point. If you wanted to explore like a big freshwater lake and you were some interdimensional being, you would probably turn yourself into something like the Loch Ness, you know, some, some big swimming creature that can go deep and explore. They, they would really just see Kevin Costner and be like, him, make that. <laughs> yeah, go with that guy. He can go everywhere. Like I he has walk. gills. <laughs> the, uh, the, the idea, it kind of coincides because if the aliens or whoever, if they created this, these meat suits to come here how long have they been coming here there might be more of a reason why they chose such a strong thing if sasquatch can be 12 feet tall with the with the multiplied power of an ape i think it can destroy stuff and if that's the case why did they pick that probably because they were here at a time when dinosaurs were here or maybe not dinosaurs but definitely large flying serpents Oh, sure. Yeah. And there was, you know, there was that just right, right before the flood, there was that arrow with that, with the saber tooth tiger and the, the yeah, you'd have to, you'd have to be able to find it. Yeah. And you'd also, you'd also have to be able to tramp through the cold. Uh, You know, you'd have, you'd have to be able to take mountains on foot. Uh, You know, there are a lot of things that you would need for survival back then. And it would make sense if they were genetically engineering meat suits, that they would be playing the long game that we're talking about thousands of years they've been visiting the planet. Uh, and it would it would add up, you know, you, uh, I know you know this, Michael, the more you study the folklore, the more you find stories like what you were telling us about Germany and the more you find stories about the uh, the Inuits, uh, the, the, the Native Americans uh, all have stories about these, uh, these Bigfoot uh, type creatures. They do. They do. The The stories go back in some people's mind. The research can even go back to the concept of Gilgamesh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah <Okay>. <laughs> that makes so, sense. So it can go pre-Egypt 
And I think that's uh, fascinating. I don't think there's any way to prove or disprove, but old uh, folklore, medieval folklore had the woads woe, or however you would say that word, um, the wild men, the wild men of the woods. Um, <clears throat> the, the, they, I have a book at work because I read it quite often. Uh, it's like an encyclopedia on Native American lore of big of sasquatch a lot of their lore doesn't directly correlate to what we would think of as a sasquatch uh, um, but they run with it as though it does that there's, there's like, a lot of native american stories that, that i feel probably weren't describing a sasquatch but well, there's also the giants right the Which, giants yes yeah, is it the nephilim in the bible maybe i'm saying yeah, that right, right. The yeah, nephilim they're, they're, in the the bible. they're biblical giants the anunnaki is probably a similar yeah, the there's, another, there's another ancient giant, yeah. Which would and, also be explained in the unified theory, that those are just different versions of meat suit depending on climate you're in. Or are those the aliens? Well, that's what I'm saying. No, they are. It's, it's, it's all the oh, same. Oh, right, right, right. Let's shift for a minute. And Michael, I know you're a logical thinker, so I think you'll go with ah. me on this. Uh, oh, we'll I see. Want, we'll I see. Well, yeah, I thank hear, you. I appreciate that. Well, I want to hear both of you... Uh, what, what you think about this idea that, uh, you know, there, there was a time when, when we existed right next to the Neanderthals and uh, we did a little bit of crossbreeding apparently with the Neanderthals, but the Neanderthals ended up dying out. And there's a, there's a really good chance that Neanderthals died out because we started killing them. <laughs> yeah. That's probably how this history went. And if we started killing them, uh, they would uh, naturally be afraid of us and avoid us and possibly hide underground. Is there any chance that we're talking about just some, some Neanderthals that are living underground and what we see are, are the ones that they like come to the surface to do a little bit of gathering? Is there so, any chance to be talking about something that's, what, that's very much part of our dimension? I don't know where it came from, but recently researchers have identified four different main types. What you're describing fits into those relic hominid or type four. I, I don't know that I agree that they're, they're right on it, but it's, it's become kind of prevalent and I've seen it many places in Bigfoot research communities where they have it into four types. Um, the relic hominid is the fourth type, and I think that's extremely plausible. I, uh, I John, hear that. What do, you, what do you think, Johnny? I don't know. Well, I always have a problem with what makes uh, makes it hard that it could be something that's natural and hidden like that. Is how would you possibly maintain the size enough of a population to survive, but yet remain unseen completely? To not even like having a, a wandering elderly member of your tribe or you're a baby run loose, you know, and, and go after a dumpster and they catch one. I don't, how could you go over lifetime, not ever flushing one of those out? Right. That seems, especially because we do a lot of exploring, we do a lot of digging, we're catacombing the fuck out of this entire earth. How would we not run into them by now? Well, as as we're looking for that. oil, <laughs> we would definitely find these fucking dudes. Who's doing all of that? Like, if, if you're building a freeway, like on Grand Parkway, they were building it and they came across, do y'all remember in the news when they came across those bones? Mm -hmm. They oh, yeah. shut down the wall. 
work site. I knew someone that was, I don't remember what their role was, but they were mad because they were like, oh, now we got to close down. We got to stop working. Uh, these archaeologists are coming in. Well, the archaeologists are going to report to who? The archaeology firm or whoever, I don't know. But somebody eventually, my point is that the Smithsonian is going to cover it up. Oh, yeah, right. I see what you're saying. So like S.H.I.E.L.D., right? But they're yeah. like, hey, can't have those alien bones, man. Just tell, exactly. just tell them it was some Civil War dudes. And they're like, cool, we're cool with it. Can we keep building? <laughs> like, yeah, man. I mean, eventually they're going to they're gonna catch wind. And so, Michael, have to, have to show help me with this. And this is one of my favorite questions. And I know John will chime in on this, too. Um, if they're covering it up. And one of, one of my favorite Bigfoot stories, I know you've heard it, is there's, there's one about the forest fire where uh, people saw some, uh, some EMTs treating what looked like a burned Bigfoot. And then some, some, uh, you know, some black SUVs came in and took it away. Exactly. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's one of my favorite stories. It's one of my favorite folklore stories. Why would the government, why would the Smithsonian, why do you think they would cover up bones or they would cover up actually finding one what's the what's the reason to not tell us in in a, a move the, the what introduced me into bigfoot research was writing a movie about bigfoot in 2012 the premise was simple it was why why do you have the vatican working hand in hand with big science to keep this thing under wraps why do, do science and religion agree on this that it needs to be covered up Oh, that's that was, that was the question. We just talked about there. There is reference to the to the giants in religion. You know, they could they could very easily make it fit, but they they can't explain where if is in the evolution line that would mean we devolved. Yeah. Okay. And then and then from the religion line that would mean there's a missing link, and that was that was the premise of the story. I didn't really know much about. Uh, Sasquatch at that point I, I knew about him but I didn't have like research him. so the, I would not write that movie now but back then I wrote it and I still love it but um yeah that's a good question is why well, would that's they an interesting if, answer that you just gave it's it's blowing my mind a little bit they would cover up evidence of the missing link they're angry you almost about have the to. idea the idea of evolution anything that helps to prove that would be covered up that makes perfect sense to me so, John, if, if your theory is that th they could potentially be alien, yes. what is our government covering up? Uh, Bigfoot, or are they covering up aliens? Because we I already know they're I covering up aliens. I struggle with the who would be the ones covering it up, right? I can't, mm. I can't, like what, the, 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 the forest fire thing Tommy was just talking about. I've heard that story as well. And, you know, it looks like they're injured helping a, a hurt Bigfoot, and all of a sudden, two dudes or two SUVs pull up. My question is logistically, how many fucking men in black do they have stationed everywhere that are <laughs> are scrambleable that quick to get somewhere to, to to bag one? Does that mean that they're tracking them? That they know where they are already? Mm. So that's like. Uh, that's so that's hard for me just to picture how they're going to make that work so that's to me that makes me not believe in those particular kind of conspiracies because who i i feel like the world's way more random and i think we've learned that in the last five years that there 
if there's an Illuminati, they fucking suck at HR and the day to day of running things. You know? <laughs> I don't see how they're going to get, you know, so unless they're governing up tech, right? Because we're talking to Dan about, mm. you know, military tech shit. I think they would hide tech that there was any way to do time travel or interdimensional popping in and popping out. Because, I mean, that's like that's like half the X-Men movies are about if we had a, a mutant who could just pop into their vault and steal <clears> their <throat> secrets and come back and then, you know, or whatever, jump into a place, turn on a nuke and jump out and whatever. So, yeah, that if there was something that, that could be used like that, they would scramble to get it and cover it up. So I see that. Well, here, but, here, here's another theory. Uh, so many uh, uh, people that talk about Bigfoot encounters talk about the telepathy. They are somehow, Bigfoot is somehow talking to them in their head. Mm-hmm. Perhaps the telepathy is what the government is covering up. And it just happens to be connected to this Bigfoot character. But I, I, I you know, we all know the, the lore of uh, government's doing military experiments you know the the men who stare at goats you know the uh, right right trying to create uh uh soldiers who can communicate telepathically and uh you know bigfoot could have been an attempt at this gone bad gone rogue escaped i feel like this fits into my unified theory about the that they are the earth-based organically genetically modified future animal for whatever for hey, a million years in the future a future soldier yeah we may have Bigfoot. we may have an ability that evolves in, in the next hundred thousand years where we speak telepathically to each other we have organs that receive it or whatever so you may have a latent ability to receive a very loud bullhorn type yell of telepathic fuck off which is nice. basically how they describe it right so well, it's John, a, John, you it's know an alarm, I mean. not a complicated thought. He's not singing a French fucking love tune to him. He's leave me alone while I beam out. Fuck off. Fuck off. You know. Well, John, you know one of my one of my favorite <laughs> things to talk about right now is how we are uh, we're we're speaking less and less, mm-hmm. and how you know that that could lead to a future of nonverbal communication. So again, that that would make a Bigfoot a futuristic an evolved human character would not be speaking. They would be communicating telepathically. You know, that plays again to John's unified theory, I think. Also playing to John's unified theory, because I like this theory. It just unifies things so well. The idea that the super soldier is Jason Bourne is such bullshit. Like there, there probably very well are some badass like guys like that. But or women too, just whoop sure. up on anybody. But <clears throat> I would assume most people being government tested on aren't doing it because they want to. And <laughs> and then they're, they're they're probably not loving this idea of like, oh, they're gonna enslave me for my superpower, my brain power <laughs> that can telepathically transverse the universe. They mm. they're probably like, so what if what about this? What about an idea of Bigfoot is not a not a real thing. Therefore, they can experiment on them all they want. Ooh, that's interesting. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. I, I think too often we go down the rabbit hole chasing conspiracies and fun ideas and forget old-fashioned deceit. <laughs> Classic. You know, sometimes there's bullshit in the world and they can use... I forgot the age-old twist of bullshit. <laughs> um 
Mike, I know, I know one of your, one of your dreams, one of your projects as a, as a special effects guy, as an artist, you want to create the ultimate Bigfoot suit. I do. Uh, the best Bigfoot suit ever made for a film. I do. You've seen a lot of these films. You've seen a lot of the bad ones uh, off the top of your head. And we're, you know, we're just talking. If you, if you need to Google something, Google it. Is there a film that has the worst Bigfoot suit in it? Oh, the majority of them. <laughs> How do you know? Uh, I, I if you can't don't know you... what a Bigfoot is, you can't make an inaccurate uh, assessment you know. on that. You know, it's like it's just in your heart. You just see it, and you're like, "We found an actual wrong. Bigfoot, and turns out you can see the zipper." So that was a good. Uh, I, I think. I think uh, there's a lot of attempts to, in these films to make it. Or is there? Is there a favorite series. one? I don't want you to insult any oh, respect. God, players. I mean, obviously, in my opinion, from a movie, the, the Harry and the Hendersons. Oh, that's okay. Great. It's great. I love that face. There, that is just such an amazing suit. Everything about it, I love. And oh, that's a legit suit. No CGI there. No, not even CGI. with the face. And that's what I love about it. There, because you remember us on the set, we were trying to do the legs. Do you remember the legs? <laughs> yeah. Special effects. <laughs> like it's it's so fun bringing a practical effect to life. Mine with with the monster closet guys. They're always very campy. Mm-hmm. So we're allowed to have fun. <laughs> the legs can look like that. They can look like that. I built that leg frame in one evening drinking <laughs> drinking some beers. And um, yeah, they can be that way because we're going for that campy look. If we were going for being real serious, you I mean, how do you... The Harry and the Henderson animatronics suit was just... And they got a really tall actor, uh, character actor, great actor. Right. And um, they, they did everything right. It wasn't scary, though. It was a family movie. Yeah. So if you were to take, there's a movie called Primal Rage that my, my mind constantly replays that suit in my mind because they did something that, oh, man, they, that suit had to cost a pretty penny. Okay. And I, I think if you're going to make a, a big film movie and you've got $100,000 to do it, I think the rule of thumb should be half of that money is on the actors half of that money is on the Bigfoot suit. And half is on cocaine. Wow. That's the other, that's the other half. We'll call it craft services, but no one's eaten on this film. <laughs> craft services. Um, Night of, um, I have some, uh, there's a movie called Love in the Time of Monsters. It's more of like a zombie Bigfoot movie, but I thought they did good. Uh, you know, I Abominable. There's two Abominables. One came out in 2006 one came out much later maybe 2011 maybe later than that but one was low budget one had a decent budget and i thought the bigfoot suit and the big bigger budgeted one was really good uh primal rage stands out that's a standout because that suit they did the primate mouth with with the big canines and the way that you know whenever a chimp yawns his mouth opens mm-hmm. like really wide they they went that route and i thought that was just something not everybody's trying to do a lot of people try to recreate what harry and the hendersons brought and then they just fell miserably <laughs> because they, you're just not going to be better than that but i i think I, I think i could do one i think i could do one that, that compares i have a team assembled they don't know they're my team but they, <laughs> well that's how you do it yeah it, it would ops. be yeah, it would be like the Expendables, 
you have them build it in separate pieces, not knowing what they're building. And you can't compartmentalize them, them. You can't let them know each other. This is what we learned from the Enigma. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to let them call home and say Heil Hitler. I believe that was what I remember from Ooh. the movie. Ooh, uh, yeah, I'm going to skip that part. Building the Dyson Sphere, John. Yes, yes. That, <laughs> but yes, I do think sense. I do think I have the team in my mind that could bring it to life. I see it in my head. I think of the animatronics. I think of the cost. The only thing I don't think I can pull off and don't have a member on my team for is the person who punches hair in. Oh, that's a tough position. And I don't want it. Right. I don't that want should that be automated. <laughs> that should be automated. They don't have a uh, one of those like printers, one of the 3D printers do that. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, you got to that, hire. That's, that's one part where I don't know what to do because I've never, I have no experience with punching hair. And it was that hard enough horrible. for me to learn, learn how to give you a dead eye. <laughs> it looked a little vaginal, I got to say, <laughs> but it played. I it only really use the references I have. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes Michael, sense. Here's, my, here's my next question for you. Say you create this Bigfoot suit and say we wanted to create uh, a little video. Uh, and we wanted it to be convincing, a convincing one of these short video Bigfoot sightings. What's the most convincing setting? What's the most convincing time of day to fake a video? When you see these videos, if it's, you know, if it's poor lighting, do you think, ah, it's probably a fake? Uh, how would you, how would you do it to make people believe in it? I'm thinking it would be in the woods somewhere. Let me start. I think off. downtown uh, Phoenix. Establishing <laughs> shot. Well, I'll tell you, I, I see more Sasquatch off Beltway Eight than anywhere. Uh, the, I think that I think Bigfoot would. Uh, this is I'm just getting in the mind of a of someone that would build a hoax. So say mm -hmm. I had this amazing suit and, and a really, I, I, really I, tall. I'm saying I believe that some of these videos are hoaxes. Yeah. Oh, they not yeah. all of them. Yeah, but they, some. Of them. That's I, I would so say tell me how you the majority. Them. I'm I would fine say it. Bigfoot's got to eat. Bigfoot probably uh, hunts when he can, but when they can, they can probably hunt really well. But I bet they're willing to scavenge. I think a cabin of a hunter where the hunter's not always there. Sure. But say he's coming back home, hasn't been home in a while. He's, he hasn't, he's coming back to his hunting lodge, his hunting cabin. It's You're talking evening, about a Goldilocks? So the sun's going down. The sun's fucking... going down, so so okay. you've got good vision. You can see him, but you still see a lot of silhouettes. It's that magic hour where everything's just photo, not great just, detail. It, oh, if he had a high power camera, that would be beautiful. Dude, that would be photos. scary. But he doesn't fun. because he's just because he's just some guy at the grocery store trying to get to his weekend story. away from his family. Yeah, he's going yeah, to the cabin out by the he's lake. Going to the cabin. Papa's yeah, old place. There, so you got the refraction from the water. Yeah, he's hiking uh, in with a bag of groceries. So he pulls sudden... his truck in. It almost breaks down. He oh, didn't yeah. fix the gate like he told his wife he would. And then whenever he gets to the cabin, he's unlocking everything and he's going to go put stuff in the garage area because it's a cabin. It's not a house. It's just, it's kind of rickety. But then in there is his deep freezer where he keeps his deer meat yeah dude and you got that would a be scavenger coming around that'd be scary as fuck 
not to run into a Bigfoot in the woods, but in your fucking garage. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I would explode with fucking fear. Because <laughs> he doesn't have a gun on him. He's not, he doesn't think uh, he he's going to be in there. Except he looks at you and he he's says, we are out of pizza rolls. <laughs> <laughs> it's the new odd couple. <laughs> he brings bagel bites now yeah. now here uh uh felix Thomas, anger the hunter the hunter sees bigfoot takes a takes a blurry picture with his phone the first question we ask the hunter is uh you're a hunter why didn't you shoot at it yeah he's i wasn't there to hunt right no i Michael, was there to fix heard, the have game. you heard these stories about the bigfoot hunters that have oh. in their sights but mm-hmm. refused to pull the trigger because it might be a human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I posted about that. Uh, me and Joey do a little bit of hunting, and um, which I know, John, you probably are like, I don't seem like the type. Really? No, I get it. Yeah. I see it. Yeah, we uh, we try to be. We try. We went through a phase of trying to become men, and uh, <laughs> yeah, did, yeah. It didn't. You know, we, we did that too. Yeah, remember that, that time? Was, that was fun. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good. That was, was a good a, weekend. That was, a, that, was, that was a good weekend. Mowed my own yard for a while. Still doing it. Yeah. And so we we were out there in the deer stand and, and one time, and I took a picture of a tree far away, and I edited. I took a picture through my scope with the right. gotcha. crosshairs, and then I edited in a bigfoot behind a tree, and I posted it on my Instagram, and I asked the the people, my followers, I said, "Would you take the shot?" Right. I had an overwhelm. Like I feel like, and I had more DMs than comments. But if you, like, if I go back <laughs> and look at it, it had a fair amount of comments for my. I was brand new at that time, uh-huh. and it had a, a good interaction of some people that did not like it. And yeah. most people, most people would would not take the shot. That's true. I I have sem- uh, similar data in in my questions of kill or don't kill Bigfoot if you had the chance. Um, and I think that to, uh, Tommy said it, and we've talked about this before. To me, that's the ultimate uh, moment of do you believe it's real or not? Mm. Is if you've got it in your crosshairs and you have the moment of doubt of I'm about to shoot a man in the woods, <laughs> then you're not a true believer. You know, only the pure heart of Bigfoot <laughs> believer can kill them. This is what we learned from believing. Judas in the in the the lost gospels of Judas. <laughs> It's important to, to prove Bigfoot, you must kill him. And I am on reluctant, but I would, I would bag one and you I would, bag one. I would drive it into the nearest deer processing place, like any other hunter. And I would get that motherfucker on record. And I want to chunk a hair and meat and all that other shit. And picture you belong it. in Oklahoma. I'd post it in, in on Facebook on everything. Even if I have to go to jail for being the man who killed a Bigfoot, I am the man who killed a motherfucking Bigfoot. So <laughs> where, where we live, identifying a species involves slow smoking it. That's true. And uh, and then tasting yeah. it. That's that's, that's, how the, that's how you really detect DNA. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I would I would try <laughs> to work some sort of tag, you know. I mean, I'm assuming I'm a legal hunter. I'm not just a guy in the woods with a with a. Have you ever have you ever yeah. taken an animal to the deer to the like the processing place? Oh yeah, absolutely. So so picture in your mind their reaction when you roll up with this thing. Oh, the, you, they come out with dicks hard whenever you got a twelve pointer. Yeah. So imagine they come barreling out and they're like, "Holy shit, you got a fucking Sasquatch!" But what 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 happens whenever 
they tell their boss you got they get quiet they, they just get quiet and they don't act that way like, and uh, you're like you're like oh shit i gotta go get dale hold on gentlemen no wanna, but then i want to tell their boss i want to shoot boss. this scene i want to take what oh, looks yeah. like a bigfoot body to a processing place with you two. Oh, there's a protocol <laughs> i guarantee you they have a protocol that's uh, some sort of envelope <laughs> where they have to open I the envelope see the guy play it cool and say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, no, oh, yeah. I ain't never They go tell their owner, we got another. <laughs> this has probably happened before. They, and he knows what to do. And what he does is he calls the men in black. They show up in blacked out SUVs, and you never see your carcass again. We were, Dude, what we if were the, hunting it. We, we hit it with our truck by mistake, and we brought it in here. Uh, merely a flesh wound uh, well really because on facebook you posted a video of you shooting him with an ar-15 18 <laughs> times <laughs> 18 times <laughs> yeah that's a clip and a half you, <laughs> you fucking... sure this didn't happen in florida <laughs> yeah well you could have been that's a skunk ape those are there's actually oh. a there's a stamp you get on your hunting license for skunk ape i believe that the most convincing bigfoot footage out there to me is a skunk ape there there's one there's one um and it took place in florida and it was he was standing there ripping bark off of a tree and i don't know if it's been debunked or not uh i'm trying to think if it was florida it sounds like florida it could have been mississippi i think the guy's name was josh highcliffe okay josh highcliffe and like we're lo- looking it up live, I like this. Sorry, I apologize. No, 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 no. Is, that's what I mean, after later is prob- all about. Highcliffe is, is probably a fake name, if I had to guess. That sounds fake, but yes, it is Josh Highcliffe Skunk Ape, and <laughs> you're watching this thing just sitting there, not even knowing the person's there, and it's doing its thing. It's working on a tree, and then all of a sudden, it stands up, and that's when you could tell whoever is filming it, assuming it's real. That's when they shit their pants. That's when they realize this is not just a meth head in the woods. Yeah. But, but ready the for way an MMA ripping. fight at Twin Peaks. Nice. Nice. The way, the, yeah, I'm down. Um, the way it, it, yeah, he says, I honest to God got scared. And then it stands up and you're, because you feel like you're, it's in the swamp. You're like, oh, it must be waiting in the water, sitting there, standing there. But then when it stands up, you're like, oh, shit, it wasn't standing. He was crouching. That thing's big. Um, I don't know that humans could rip bark from a tree like that. If if whoever, whatever's in here is actually authentically ripping bark, humans can't do that. You never have some sort of claw thing on their hand. Yeah, you you, you haven't seen people in Florida on meth. (laughs) That's totally doable. That's totally, I can see that. Meth's a game changer. It really is. It really is. That's what the Bigfoots are back mining. But look up that one. That's a really fun one because well, it looks real to me. I don't see anything. I've seen a couple of the videos like that. And I know what you're saying about that moment of, oh, shit. Like when it goes from, ooh, curious, ooh, neat. And and then there's a, a no shit moment. that usually involves like them turning and looking at them real quick. Like yes. Yeah. A scary eye contact thing, right? And what if that's that telepathic alarm going off? Like. They can't communicate clearly, but they can make the oh shit gravity fucking Blair Witch birds all disappear at the same time kind of thing. 
the most convincing so, videos, you certainly feel the emotion of the person taking the video. Yeah, it, it's like a stun you gun through the footage. Moment, and you're right, that could be a, <laughs> that could be a defense mechanism, right? What's an addendum? An addendum? Yeah. That's the uh, skin between your balls and the butthole? <laughs> <laughs> That's where I feel it, too, when I get a good Bigfoot sighting. Okay, no, yes, I have an addendum right. to... Oh, that's, oh like, you mean like an additional statement? In addition, yes. Gotcha. I have an ad- I had to look up what that word meant because I thought I was using it correctly. The, mm-hmm. uh, I have an addendum to, to my scene, where my faked scene. Okay. So oh, now, okay, cool. when the hunter sees... I'm taking this from you, John. Like, uh, whenever the hunter walks in and he, you know, it's, it's not a good garage, so he has to, like, you know rip the door open basically but once he gets in and he's carrying the supplies he sees this thing going through his refrigerator and it it doesn't see him at first or it doesn't doesn't care and then that moment you just described where it turns its head around real fast yeah and it looks at him and it's got a mouthful of food but it's just blood (laughs) and it's just dripping down because it's halfway frozen falling out like real clumpy and then here's the brilliant part is the shot does one of those like kung fu movie pans where it pans in real fast yeah or zooms out real fast from the sasquatch's face that's oh, yeah. that's that's the shot oh man all right, all right hear me out I, I i i love collaborating i love the improvisational <laughs> tone of coming up with movie ideas and uh if someone can hear this and then write it faster than we can i guess they get it right okay. yeah i'm for that yeah. All right. So here's what happens. All right, so this is a, a now I'm making it. It's a mountain cabin, a winter approaching. <laughs> right? right. So this is clearly a Bigfoot in distress, stranded, cold as shit. This is a remote cabin. This guy shows up. They have the moment you just described. Ah, and they freak out and he runs and and the guy falls down and he, he starts to write it off like, ah, I must have just hit my head. It's probably just a wolf. Yeah, I probably just saw a wolf even though he knows you just saw a big giant fucking big, but it gets so cold and the weather is so bad that the, the Bigfoot, like the domesticated dog winds up like coming up. Like, so he winds up having to, they, they, <laughs> they shelter around the fire, the, the wood stove in the, in this cabin man and Bigfoot surviving a, a blizzard. What, what if do you think knocked, that conversation would be like? Knocked unconscious. What if he got knocked unconscious on his fall, wakes up around the fire with Bigfoot nursing him back to health. Oh, like he went through the groceries that the guy was bringing. Oh, that would be fucking great, too. All right. <laughs> that's the oh, best man. hoax. That's the hoax. That's the hoax to go with, guys. Oh, that's that. That's great. The Bigfoot nurses the guy back to health. Me and Joey, <laughs> me and Joey met a hoaxer. When oh, the a- hunter is healthy, he gets his gun and kills Bigfoot. Does he After take- Bigfoot but- nurses him back to health. <laughs> but that explains that trust. <laughs> oh, or what if he doesn't take the shot and then Bigfoot that's what I'm saying. Yeah, kills him. At, at one point, the Bigfoot's running away, and he's got him lined up in the in the uh, in the crosshairs in that same shot you took through the through the scope. And then does he take mm-hmm. it or not, or does he let his friend go? You saved. Oh no, no, he gets him in the crosshairs, and then it, it freezes, and then the credits roll. You don't know if he took the shot or not. Oh, I hate that. It's oh, like pulp, pulp Fiction endings. Yeah, What's yeah. in the box? All right, at the end, of the, at the very end of the credits, right, right when the last thing, right when the music writes and everything are already gone, we'll just have a. It'll just say, "He shot him." 
<laughs> I think it would be funnier if he didn't take the shot. Bigfoot turns around. He's like, motherfucker, you about to shoot me and kills him. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I say we I say we type all this out and just have that at the end of the credits. <laughs> I'm all for someone else stealing this idea yeah. and just making it. That's and he has Bigfoot us. in the crosshairs. <laughs> and then Bigfoot turns to look right at him and Bigfoot pulls out a handgun and Oh him. nice. Oh shit. This is a and shootout. It, it's like a empties it, the mag. Oh. Uh, or or hold on. He's he's looking through the scope. Bigfoot's in the crosshairs. He stops. He bends down. And he picks up the football and starts walking back <laughs> and just says, and then the guy puts the gun down and just goes game ball. <laughs> there should be a scene in it before this happens where the guy manufactures shoes that fit Bigfoot. Oh, yeah. oh the, the cobbler. Like, like they're, they're bonding and he's you know like, what it would make be? your feet more comfortable. Fucking Crocs. I bet, uh, uh, I bet. Never mind. Never mind. I bet, never mind. I bet he puts on Crocs and they fit perfectly right away. Take it out. Take it out. That's yeah. too Florida. That's too Florida. <laughs> no one's ever made a movie where when they put the deleted scenes, they were the they were the just the script pages. Like here's shit that was so stupid, we ruled it out before we finished. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that should be the case more often than not. But you're right. <laughs> here's the here's some script pages from microdosing week that didn't work out in production. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we are we're over an hour we are yeah we should talk uh we have to do some sort of uh wrap here but i know that uh i know that we can certainly talk uh talk more about this topic and maybe break this up into a couple episodes uh what do you think we, we should definitely hang more I think uh, this will be fun over a couple of pints. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and a spleef shaped like my pinky. <laughs> <laughs> then, well, bef- uh, be- before we go, Mike, it's been great having you on. Uh, thanks for uh, talking your foolishness with us. Uh, Apocalypse Howl is how they find you on Instagram. Is that on apoc- Instagram? Is that Apocalypse, Apocalypse Howl? Is that underscore? Or is that all one word? How do you? It's all well. Conveniently, I found a handle that nobody has. Um, so it's just apocalypse howl, like apocalypse now, but with a howl. H O W L, and that's at apocalypse howl on Instagram. And uh, soon I'll have a website. But well, let's not get carried away. But tell me more. Also, about... also uh, monomania. Yes. The comic monomania. The comic on instagram you can get a hold of us there um and we people can actually buy the comics right do you guys sell the comics do you have a, any in stock to- we are going to be at comic palooza good uh, this month on the 17th and 18th i believe and the that's at the georgia brown convention center it's going to be we're going to have a booth again there but it'll be fun you can also just reach out to us i think our website got taken down we need to put some more energy and money into that but um we do you can always reach out to us we can always take a payment and ship it to you so okay. if if anybody is listening and is interested in checking it out we also monomania monomania just like it's if, if, just like it sounds can, and then we also have a facebook account so monomania the comic it's on it's on facebook you can find us there there's there's also ways to read it free uh instructions are on the facebook site you know, you, you've uh, mentioned several times that you're going to get a website. Uh, 
I, I got to forgive me guys for going off the, 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 the screens here. Uh, but I got a, a revolutionary idea in marketing. I'm inspired by the rise of vinyl, right? Everyone's going, mm. people love vinyl. And, and let's be honest. Uh, if you like vinyl, you like inferior sound. Vinyl's not that great. Ultimately, provably, it's not that great, right? But people love it. So people love outdated shit. So don't get a website. No one wants a website. What are they going to, unless you got an app or you got like some sort of a cherry ball busting game or something like that, or you're flinging uh, birds into pigs. Uh, fuck that. Just get a landline and pay someone to sit there and answer it. Right. Like old school. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's there, there's services out there where you can get someone to answer a phone for you, like an old fashioned, like a Rockford files, fucking phone service. You know, you know uh, what I'm saying? This is a good idea. You could have a web address and all it has is a phone number. Is that fucking phone number? Like in Call Times New Roman. A real person answers. A real fucking person. <laughs> Accent, it depends what you pay for. Right? You can have a proper uh, British lady answer your phone. You have an angry Russian woman. Whoever answers the phone will more likely be Russian. But they do amazing accents. You know, John, I love I love that you're talking about how retro forms of communication are coming around while mm -hmm. we are essentially recording talk radio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this and, deserves and to exactly be west of the rock. That's what that's what podcasts are. It's a very it's a very retro form of communication that's very popular again, just like vinyl. It would be an interesting website. You know, there's a house I drive by, or I used to drive by, and it 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 just there's a shed in the middle of the yard and around it is a gated, uh, a rod iron, not a rod iron, uh, chain link fence. That's probably about, about eight, eight feet tall. And it's got barbed wire all around it. That's pointing inwards. Okay. Okay. So whatever that so is, they're trying to keep in. They're not trying to <laughs> keep people from getting in. They're trying to keep it from getting out. Well, and that's up. the same concept as having a creepy website that just has, it's a Russian phone number. <laughs> yeah, it, it'll it'll look like a foreign phone number. Like it won't be the normal <laughs> format you're used to. It'll be like, you know, you ever watch like the born the born movies? Yeah. Born Supreme? Like whenever he looks at his weird sat phone and it's got like a really long weird number on it, it'll be like that. Like one zero three three zero hyphen. Five three zero zero, and then it's like a passport number, but it's gonna be cool. When are they gonna come out with blockchain phone technology? Yeah, that'd be fucking crazy. First off, I gotta understand what blockchain is. I'm better at quantum mechanics than I am understanding blockchain. But that's just, that's the next one. Hey, Mike, don't skip ahead. We're we're done. We're okay, wrapping. okay. We're, we'll talk <laughs> we'll talk crypto next time. I'm still thinking about this barbed wire casita. <laughs> yeah like it's, that's my guest house you can say it's very secure at, at first i thought it was like a like a chicken coop or something like yeah but if so that's some badass birds <laughs> <laughs> thanks again to our guest today michael como that's c-o-m-e-a-u-x Como. You can find him on Instagram at Apocalypse Howl, all one word. If 
figure that out on your own. <laughs> We're going to have uh, Michael back in a couple of weeks, uh, dig more into some, some deep, weird shit. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Tommy did an excellent job. Uh, like I said, remind you, uh, get on after later uh, our Twitter, A-F-T-E-R-L, the number eight, letter E-R, and uh, tell Tommy why he needs to get a smartphone and uh, get on Twitter. He's a podcaster now. He's getting more and more serious by the day. He needs to act like it. So thank you very much for listening to today's After Later. Uh, programming reminder, we've got part two of Open Kimono with uh, Lieutenant Commander Dan Drake coming up uh, in a couple of days, probably uh, uh, beginning of next week or, you know, <laughs> you'll know when. This is a damn podcast. Who knows when you're listening to this? But uh, our, our next episode uh, should probably be Open Kimono 2 <laughs> with Lieutenant Commander Dan Drake. also like to thank my children for really getting loud and yanking it up as soon as I had to start recording again. Don't worry, I'll be beating them shortly. Uh, so thanks again for listening today. Uh, on behalf of my co-host, Tommy Drake, my name is John Wesley. Thanks for listening to After Later. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.